everyone, and welcome to another episode of My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. As always, I'm Lisa Pettibone, and today I gotta say I'm feeling a little bit sad, but also a little bit glad. I'm sorry, but I have to interrupt my usual climate podcast for a special bulletin. That means this week, my plan has been thrown overboard. If you're thinking, hey, I tuned in because I wanted to hear you talk to your husband about turning trash into treasure this week. Well, good for you. You've got a really good memory. And thanks for listening last week. What I have to talk about today is more urgent. Okay, who am I kidding? The truth is, my husband and I couldn't match up our schedules this past week. And I want to talk about one of the reasons why. If you're eating right now, I suggest you take take a break for a minute, because I want to talk about moths. As we were getting ready to record our chat on Friday, my husband and I noticed a moth in the kitchen. We'd seen quite a few over the past few weeks, and we thought we'd investigate. So we checked out the flower drawer. We took out one pack of flour, opened it up, larva. The second pack of flour, opened it up, same thing. Third thing I went for was an old bag of almonds sealed with a plastic clip. Oh, that was their home base. It was nasty, folks. It was nasty. So long story short, we ended up throwing out about a dozen bags of flour, sugar, and nuts from the flour drawer. All of them were packed in plastic, some with clips. Several of them were still closed in their original wrapping, but the nasty little buggers had gotten in anyway. We also took out everything they hadn't gotten into yet and put it into sealed glass containers. But for me, this was a nightmare. Not just because now we have to buy all new flour, but also for my climate diet. I'm guessing about 10 pounds of carbon dioxide emissions got wasted in the grain that I had to throw into the compost bin. Beyond that, I have to go out shopping again and buy all of that flour, sugar, etc. again. So this is my public service announcement to you. If you don't have everything in your pantry sealed in airtight, preferably non-plastic containers, go to your kitchen and do it now. I'll keep talking and give you some tips on how to pest-proof your pantry for the planet. So here are five tips for pest-proof pantry. Say that five times fast. Pest-proof pantry, pest-proof pantry. (laughs) The first tip, seal off all entry points. Small holes in your cabinets, leaky windows, that gap under your door. Bonus, this will also save you energy as we head into fall. Second, put all of your food in pest-proof containers. Here, it's very important that they're airtight. So what we did is we washed out and we reused glass jars. Our go-to are a brand of smoothie that puts their smoothie in glass jars. But if you have a little bit of extra money, you can also splurge on fancy mason jars or containers of your choice if you like. Glass is better than plastic here as it's harder for little teeth to get through. 
Beyond that, plastic has additional carbon emissions, it's made from oil, and it doesn't last as long. Embarrassingly for me, I had planned to bring back some airtight containers from from my husband's family's house, but I forgot. So this made this whole moth crisis even worse for me. Save yourself. Pest-proof your pantry today. The third tip to do that, wipe food off of all of your surfaces. Here I found an interesting recipe for a magic spray in my annual planner that does the job. To make it, you want 30 grams of sodium carbonate. Now this is not baking soda, although you can use baking soda for a similar product. Again, 30 grams of sodium carbonate. This is called Waschsoda in German, if you live in a German-speaking country. You want 50 grams of organic dishwashing liquid, 60 milliliters of 25% vinegar essence, and 1.75 liters of water. To make it, put the sodium carbonate and a splash of water in a large pot. Bring that to a boil and then remove it from the stove. Stir in the dishwashing liquid and the vinegar and then the rest of the water. After it cools down, put it in a spray bottle, shake it up, go to town. If, like me, you're not good at hearing recipes, go to my website, myclimatediet.org. I've got the recipe listed out there, as well as a link to the original recipe in German. Obviously, this isn't really a tip. This is more of a common sense reminder. Don't store food on the floor or leave food around on the counter or in the sink. And finally, this is my bonus fifth tip. While you're at cleaning out the kitchen, take note of anything that's especially old that you don't remember buying or that you don't have immediate plans to use. Now I want you to challenge yourself to eat it or make it into something edible by the end of the month. I found a vegan chocolate cake mix that a neighbor recommended to me several months ago I had forgotten I'd even bought it, frankly, and I'd been planning the last few weeks to make brownies from scratch. Now I'm going to use this cake mix and make brownies with that in the next week or two. Thank you for listening to that public service announcement. Next week, we'll be back to dealing with junk as I planned, and we're going to do that by working on increasing our, our climate handprints. Next week, I'm going to talk to a local environmental activist here in Berlin about some events that are coming up in the next few weeks that are taking place around the globe. If you're anything like me, you tend to hear about major climate marches, international actions, sometimes after they happen. I want to make sure that this doesn't happen and that you're informed ahead of time so that you can take part. What's giving me hope this week? The whole point of this podcast, why I record my voice and put it online every week, is for me to reduce my carbon footprint. But this is a really hard thing to do. And I've faced challenges every week to figure out how much carbon am I saving, if at all. Last week when I was recording, 
I knew that saving the junk that we found in this house, giving it to new people, this saves carbon, this saves natural resources, but I couldn't find any data with specifics on how much, for example, carbon dioxide I save by giving a vacuum cleaner a new home instead of throwing it in the trash. This challenge that I face is there really isn't that much information about individuals' climate impact. There are some things that we know a lot about, other things we have no idea about. If you listen to the few episodes on cosmetics and climate change, you can see how there I couldn't find anything. I've gotten frustrated with short-sighted do-gooders who bring their own bag to the grocery store and then fly across the world for a weekend. But I also don't know if I'm guilty of climate sins I don't even know about. So you're thinking at this point, yeah, Lisa, get on with it. What's giving you hope this week? That's what I'm getting to. Sorry. A new book that I discovered that purports to provide the carbon footprint of everything. It's called How Bad Are Bananas? And it calculates the carbon emissions of everything from a text message, one one hundredth of a gram, to a large cappuccino, 240 grams, to a public swimming pool, 400 tons. I'm going to give it a read and get back to you on what I learn. If you want, you can grab a copy and join me when I report on my findings. Hey, let's make a date. Can we say the second week of October? Does that give you enough time? Well, I can't hear you anyway, so I'm going to say second week of October, I'm going to talk about How Bad Are Bananas? The Carbon Footprint of Everything by Mike Berners-Lee. I hope you'll read it and join me. Thanks for listening. I got a series of voice messages from Francisca Elma, who teaches marine biology in the Caribbean. Hi, Lisa. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. Um, a friend of mine recommended it to me, and I really, really like it. It's really, really cool. I teach marine biology on an island called South Caicos, the Turks and Caicos Islands, which is in the Caribbean. And we have undergraduate students who come here for a semester abroad and to learn all the field skills they need to become marine biologists. After I got over my incredible jealousy, I listened to the rest of her messages. She was inspired by the podcast. Thank you, Francisca. She was especially inspired by my efforts to change my bank account. So she went ahead, she contacted her father, her financial advisor, and her current bank in Switzerland to figure out how to green her savings and investments. It sounds like it's still a work in progress, but she's already gotten some new information that her where her money currently is not the best, and she's finding ways to improve it. Thank you for your messages, Francisca. Maybe when you're done, you can share more details on what options make sense for people who live in Switzerland. Thanks also to David from Kvens for letting me use his music. And thanks to you too. Since I got back from my summer of house cleaning, I've been humbled by how many people listen to this podcast. This has been a labor of love for me, and I appreciate you giving me a listen. Feel free to drop me a line with your climate tips. 
things you like or don't, or just a kind word at lisa at myclimatediet.org. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lisa Pettibone. And don't forget to rate My Climate Diet on Apple Podcasts. That makes it easier for others to find me and start their own climate diet. Because if everyone went on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world. 